Let's go. Here it is. It's the Leafs Weekender. Yes, a day late and a buck short because, of course, Easter is here. Time with the family. Do a little Easter egg hunt. Hopefully your Easter was great, everyone. Welcome back to another edition of the Leafs Weekender, proudly brought to you by our friends over at Boxing Rock Brewing Co. There it is, the puck of Lagerdale, the big beer for the big game and the big show for that matter. And the Maple Leafs, boy, oh boy, did they put on a show last week. If you remember, ladies and gentlemen, I did kick it up last week and say the Leafs would go 2-2. Two and two. I thought they would lose the game against the uh, Washington Capitals. I thought they would lose the game to the Ottawa Senators because the Sens seemed to kick it up a notch, and we'll talk about those games. But let's break it down. The Leafs going 3-1 and one over the past week. And, of course, they start the week off and they make everybody a little nervous with a 5-2 drubbing from the absolutely hot and on fire Buffalo Sabres. If I told you Tage Thompson would be a 35-plus goal scorer this season at year's beginning, you'd look at me like I had 10 heads, but that's the way it's shaking out. And the Buffalo Sabres may be rounding a corner with some of the talent who actually wants to be there. Hello, Alex Tuck. But they put it to the least 5-2. And it was more than just a loss to the Sabres the Leafs endured. I think this is where you lost Jake Muzzin. And they're saying it's not to do with concussion. And I do believe that it is to do with his hip. He's holding that hip. Watch the after-the-whistle scrums and watch when they're skating around. He's definitely holding that hip and having a few issues. And it's not what you want to see out of a guy you're looking to be the linchpin on your defense. You know, going through the uh, the playoffs, and you see him holding that hip, and that is a huge issue here for the Toronto Maple Leafs going forward. He's not in the lineup. They're saying that he's going to take his time to get back. Go right ahead, take right up until the playoffs. Hey, right up until the last game of the season, and then get your button there, and let's see what happens. We'll skip on over then to the Washington Capitals game. Now, if I told you going into this game. Austin Matthews and Alexander Ovechkin would not factor into a 7-3 score game. You'd probably, again, look at me like I'm a little crazy, but Austin Matthews not on the board. And this is where we start to wonder where Austin Matthews is and what's going on with number 34. But the Leafs do put on a show, Mitch Marner, Pierre Ingvall, Willie Nylander, and the such. This game here, though, shadowed by an incident that happened during the game, and that was one hit by one Tom Wilson. Uh, ran over Jack Campbell, was apparently directed in by Jake Muzzin. Uh, this would be Muzzin's last game before uh, getting pulled out. Um, I look at this play and I say, you know, yes, Muzzin drove him in a little bit, but at the same time, you have to do everything you can to overjump or move out of the way of the goaltender. And, of course, Tom Wilson doesn't do that. He's Tom Wilson. He's a greasy little bastard for a reason, and he got right in the kitchen of Jack Campbell. And, of course, he had to answer the bell, which is exactly what we want out of this Leafs team. And I do think that Kyle Clifford, and I do think that Wayne Simmons will make their noises heard in the playoffs. And I'm looking at Jason Spets as well. He fought in the Columbus play-in series. This guy wants to win as a Leaf. So does Clifford. So does Simmons. That's the reason why they're signing the cheap deals and sticking around in Toronto. They want to make a difference. And in the playoffs, their style of play will dovetail to exactly what the Toronto Maple Leafs need. So they pick up a big victory, a 7-3 win over the Washington Capitals. 
And then we move on to the Senators game. This is one game I thought they would lose. And why do I say that? I thought for sure that Eric Shalgren, sorry, keep calling him Calgren, would start this game, be between the pipes for the Toronto Maple Leafs, and this game here would be a trap one. Why? Because the Ottawa Senators, towards the end of the season, they're pesky, they're gelling, their young guys are in, everybody's flying high, and it looked that way after one period on Saturday night. The Leafs are down 2-0. Sheldon Keefe says he loves the way the team played, thought he'd take that period, you know, nine times out of ten. They just weren't getting the bounces and the way things were going. All right. You're the coach. You're the head coach for a reason. You steered us to a bunch of records this week that we'll talk about in a little while here. But um, I look at that game. I say the first period, it worries me. We're getting towards the playoffs. And in the last two games this week against the Senators and the Islanders, we give up the first goal. That is a problem. That is an issue. That is something you do not want to see from your team. Because going into the playoffs, we all know that all first goal is all first in telling what your team may do that game. Now the Leafs are able to go high-flying and score some goals, of course. But at the same time, you lose that first goal advantage, and then it ends up being a game of chase. And that's what it was on Saturday night. And it was fun to watch that game. Again, a 5-4 game with Austin Matthews in the lineup and no goals. No goals again for Austin Matthews. And looking a little tentative. And I'm not going to say it's a risk thing like uh, – Damian Cox, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, you know, there may be something. I think it was a shoulder. Um, he got hit pretty hard. I think it was last week against Florida and ran back at the guy. I think it was Mackenzie Weger, it might have been, and really got fired up about it and fired back on him with a big, huge hit. So guys usually get fired up like that when something happens and they don't like it because it hurt or there's a little bit of an injury there. You see guys who you know they broke a digit or broke something on the bench and, you know, they're smashing their stick and they're freaking out because they know they're going to be out for a little while because something is broken. So you look at that game and you say, wow, the Leafs come back, Leafs battle, but they make a big loss there. Matthews would not come back for the game on the next night against the New York Islanders, which was a huge one for many reasons. So here we go. Let's set the table. The Leafs have the opportunity to get the most wins in franchise history the most points in franchise history, the chance to pass the Carolina Hurricanes and Freddie Anderson for third in the Atlantic. And at the same time, they can eliminate the New York Islanders and Lou Lamorello from playoff contention. You can't write this. Wax poetic right here. That is amazing. The opportunity to do all of those things, pass the goaltender that everybody says you shouldn't give up on, pass the GM that everybody says you shouldn't let go, and pass the team that rags on your captain for leaving and joining his hometown squad, plus shutting up that entire fan base and the way they treat John Savares. It is just chef's kiss delicious. You couldn't draw it up any better. The Leafs pick up a 4-2 win. Like I said, they gave up the first goal, but a guy who took over the game was Mitch Marner. And Pierre Ingvall, come on. This guy found money. Same thing with Mr. Ilya Mikheyev. I'm loving the way this team is playing for each other. And I don't care what anybody says. You have to find a way to have Colin Blackwell in your lineup come playoff time. I don't know how you do it because you have so many bodies. And Andre Kasha still to come back. And we'll get to the entry list and what's going on with players here in just a moment. But that really needs to happen. Now let's look ahead to this week. Big table setting week for the Toronto Maple Leafs, I do believe. You got the Philadelphia Flyers. 
which we're going to talk about with our good friend from the Flyer and Ice podcast. So get ready for him to jump on. Cannot wait to speak with him. Flyer and Ice, you got to check them out. Absolutely a beautiful show. Uh, we'll go over that game in a little bit here. Uh, but, you know, it's going to be their young guns. No pressure, you know. Colligan will probably get the start there, or Shogren will get the start. Um, that game there will break down a little bit more. But Tampa, this is a game where I say all hands are on deck. Campbell should start. If Muzzin can play, he should be in. I know I just said he should wait till towards the end of the season, but I forgot about the Tampa game. He should be in. Um, Austin Matthews, I don't want to risk it. Um, you know, don't risk the biscuit. But this game right here is a table setter, in my opinion. The reason I say that is you go up against Tampa, you win this game, you pretty much secure yourself second place in the Atlantic. That would be yours if you're able to pick up that victory over the Tampa Bay Lightning. Now, this game is not going to be easy, obviously. Tampa's feeling the same way. And if this is a potential first-round matchup, which it really looks like it is now, these teams are going to be going hard after each other to try and get a little bit of psychological advantage over one another. And hey, I think the Tampa Bay Lightning are running out of gas. Everybody seems to think they're just bored and waiting for the playoffs. We will see which one comes to fruition in round one. Then on Saturday night, you have the Florida Panthers, the leading guys in your division. Of course, you want to make sure you stack up well against them. So you'll want to pick up a victory. But I do think Eric Schalgren starts that game. And yes, you're seeing a theme for me, guys. I really do want to see Jack Campbell's workload lessened towards the end. Ramp them up for big games that matter, like the Tampa Bay one, like the Boston one, because those games will have meaning towards the end of the season. But the Florida game, I think you throw Shalgren in there. I think it's going to be high scoring. I think you're going to see, hopefully, some players return. And let's swing into that right now. Uh, the Leafs Injury Report, proudly brought to you by our friends over at Boxing Rock Brewing Co. And our friends over at da, 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 Fresh Prince in Halifax. Check out that. That's the Scotian Originals hat and the Offside Hockey Talk first edition shirts. Absolutely beautiful. And to everyone who got one, they are coming to your doorstep very soon. The Injury Report, though, is Jake Muzzin out of the lineup day-to-day -day, uh, with an undisclosed injury. I am thinking it is a hip. I think it's been a hip for a long while for this guy, a couple of seasons. Maybe in the offseason you see something happen there surgery-wise. Uh, Austin Matthews out of the lineup. Damian Cox running his goddamn mouth about it being a wrist injury. If you don't know what it is, don't come out in the media when you have a blue check mark and a lot of people following you and speculate what an injury is because people will take what you say for gospel, Mr. Cox, and that is what's going to happen here. You need to shut your mouth and just speculate quietly amongst your peers, not online for clicks and likes. That's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Andre Kasha on the mend. He is on the ice before practice, a la Jake Muzzin when he had his concussion. So obviously, Mr. Kasha is progressing the right way. Cannot wait to see him get back to the Toronto Maple Leafs lineup. Um, I'm looking for Mr. Rasmus Sandin to come back as well. Looking for him to be able to get in the Leafs lineup here soon. I'm really thinking the Leafs are going to be as cautious as they can possibly be with Mr. On our, uh, Rasmus Sandin. The reason why I say that is you want this guy to be a future part of your defense at a cheap contract, and that's exactly what he can be. Uh, the Leafs really need to take their time with this guy. 
Knee injuries are nothing to mess with. If you're teetering on the line of having to have surgery or not, we've seen it with Matthews last year. Odds on favorite, he probably has surgery after the season. Hopefully he can get in, but it's not going to be 100% Rasmus Sandin. So we will see what happens there. Uh, let's jump into the good, bad, and the ugly, and then we'll do our Beard of Blue Warrior before we bring our friend Dan Old School from Flyer and Ice. I know he's sitting, waiting, and watching. So let's run through the good, the bad, and the ugly here. Uh, the good, Marner, Ingwall, and Mikheyev this past week absolutely been on fire. Loving the way those guys are playing. Engvall and Mikheyev, especially this season, found money for Engvall. Everybody wrote him off, wanted him in every single trade proposal. This guy stepped up huge on the shorthanded side of things. By the way, Leafs leading the league in shorthanded goals with 14, and he's a big reason of it. Ilya Mikheyev, hey, man, he found his shot, found out how to shoot again. It took him a little while after getting his wrist slit open, but now he's back and ready to go. The bad for the Toronto Maple Leafs, obviously, Austin Matthews getting hurt absolutely sucks. And then Damian Cox, of course, running his mouth in the media about it being the wrist injury that was uh, surgically repaired. I think if you're in the media with a blue check mark and people take your word for gospel, like I just said, you need to park your biscuits and not say anything because everybody starts to freak out and you're just doing it for clicks. Because if you don't know, you shouldn't say anything, especially with that verification on your little profile. And then the ugly, the NHLPA and the failure they did with the post on the weekend it does not matter if a law firm absolves you of everything that happened, since you had no knowledge, no problems, you weren't to be held responsible for anything. You have a responsibility as the NHL freaking PA to say, even though we were not found responsible or liable for anything that happened, these are our players. We still will take up. We still stand with Kyle Beach and everyone else who is going through a similar situation. We will be here for them. We will go and Leave no stone unturned to help each and every player going through that situation. The mere fact they didn't mention any of that and just want to wash their hands of it and say, no, we weren't found responsible. We're out of here. That makes me sick to my stomach. You are there for the players. Kyle Beach was your player. All the John Does were your players. And you decided not to do nothing. And again, say nothing. You are no better than the NHL. And you are no better than the Chicago Blackhawks for what they did and did not stand by their own statements, especially Mr. Rocky Warts. Hey, NHLPA really needs to get their head out of the sand, get fair out of there, get somebody in there that cares and makes a difference because this was an opportunity and it was missed. You had it. It was embarrassing to see you not do something in that one point of reference. But let's get to the one fun part before we get our friend Dan on. It is the Boxing Rock Brewing Co. Bearded Blue Warrior of the Week. Let's throw it on and have a little fun with who is going to be the Bearded Blue Warrior of the Week right here. And that is going to be the one, the only, Mark Giordano. Come on down. The Leafs acquired this guy. Not only did he steady out Timothy Lilligren, not only has he steadied out the defense, but he's a leader on and off the ice. And then scoring the beautiful OT winner for his second goal as a Maple Leaf, Mark Giordano, you have earned yourself the Bearded Blue Warrior of the Week status right here on Offside Talk. And that, my friend, is the bottom line. Let's now turn our attention to the Flyers game and our friend right here from Flyer and Ice. Dan, what's going on? James, always a pleasure to see you and have this opportunity to uh, hang with you tonight. Thanks, you, thanks for having me. No worries, no worries. Well, let's jump into uh, talking about your Philadelphia Flyers 
Do we have to? I know. I know. Hey, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> it's not all doom and gloom. It's not all doom and gloom. The Leafs are playing them tomorrow night. So I figured it would be a great thing to talk to you about them just for a moment about the fact that they are probably going to be playing a lot of the young kids. We talked about this uh, a couple weeks ago, me and you via Twitter, uh, when they were dropping out uh, Yandel from the lineup and bringing in you know young players to, to fill the voids and to see who they got and see what it is going to be. And here's the fun part for the Philadelphia Flyers now, and it's, it's a, kind of a poopy way to say it, but they are not in the playoffs. So they have the opportunity to run out some young guys and have guys make an impact now to get their names on the register for next year. So when it comes time for training camp, they've already made an impact and done something. So what do you think of this Flyers team? What do you think of some of the prospects that we're going to see tomorrow night uh, from the Toronto side of things? Well, everything you said is spot on. Um, the year, the past two years have been miserable. It's um, I'm embarrassed. I'm not, I'm not used to this. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, I, I, you know, I look at, I was doing some research, you know, you remember all those Edmonton teams that three straight years had the number one overall pick in the draft. Yep. Obviously your squad had, you know, had, had stretches where you had, Riley was the fifth overall, Nylander eighth overall, Matthews first overall. The Flyers had the JVR year where they lost the coin flip and they got JVR instead of Patrick Kane. And then we, uh, yeah, nice fella. But, uh, yeah. So, um, you know, the, the, the time we get the second overall pick in the draft, JVR was the guy that was on everyone's draft board. It was a weak draft after Patrick Kane. And then we won... Um, the lottery to some extent and got down the number two and drafted Nolan Patrick when Cam Carr was available. So other than, other than um, those years, the flyers are always like a mid to upper team as far as where they draft. So they have to hit with these prospects and, you know, the ones we're referencing right now are Noah Cates, who's a, definitely a, a gritty Bottom six type forward. Cam York is a steady Freddie defenseman. Ronnie Adder, I really like his game. Bobby Brink is now up. I have been excited to see what he brings to the table. Um, so, I mean, that's what, that's what you're getting right now. Um, obviously, Owen Tippett in the Giroux trade has shown um, flashes. But I just don't see that dynamic, thrilling player on the horizon or one that can get some of the playmakers that I've referenced future Tyson Furster for Tyson Furster type player. Who's going to give him that one timer off the sideboards. Who's going to dazzle through the zone, stick handle, and then do a great pass for a one timer. I just don't see that guy. I don't see a young Claude Giroux on the horizon. And that's what we need. I mean, you've got guys that fly around the ice. Team speed is often based on, you know, gap control, stuff like that. But it also is based on just having pure speed. And I just don't – Morgan Frost shows it, but he's timid on the ice. So, I mean, that's my perspective. I, I, I'm, I'm intrigued. I like a little of what I see. I like what's coming on the horizon. But you tell me from an outsider's point of view, what do you think of my – future flyers are we three four years away 
Uh, I wouldn't say three, four. I'd say maybe two. Okay. Um, the reason why I say two is you talk about those players. Everybody needs a chance to get their feet wet. Uh, the Leafs got lucky the year they brought all the rookies in, Matthews, Marner, Hyman, Nylander, the whole list, and they made it to Washington, you know, to play them and lost in six. Um, I look at the Flyers and say, okay, all these young guys are going to bring it together. They're probably going to make more moves in the offseason or towards next trade deadline, uh, which will bring you in either more assets or players to fill the roles you're talking about, um, to set up guys, you know, to put them in better positions. Um for me, I'd stay two years away from making noise. Um, I would say you're like the Ottawa Senators last year, you know, where they had a lot of, hey, this may be great, but it has to work and has to hit. And that's what Ottawa's hit on this year. The Formingtons, the Bathersons have really stepped up. The Norrises, you know, all those kind of guys finally started to hit stride, especially towards the end of the year. So now they'll probably make noise next year. So that's the way I look at the Philadelphia Flyers. Next year will be a time for these guys to find their legs and probably break into stride. And the year after that, we'll be hitting full stride where they'll probably want to add. The thing I want to ask you is, do Philadelphia Flyers fans have the patience to allow that to happen for two years? And will management be pressured into bringing in different pieces to speed it up? I allow the New York Rangers and we know sometimes that doesn't work. Sometimes you got to stick to the process. What's going on, Philadelphia 76ers? Yeah, well, that that uh, that's a whole nother process for a whole nother time. <laughs> um, I, I was pro process because they were in purgatory year after year after year. You just can't draft 15th, 16th every single year and grow your team. And and the Clippers did it for years and got away with it. So when it, when it was a big market team, not a big. I mean, the Clippers are a big market team, but compared to the Lakers they they were, are not a big market team but back to the Flyers um I think we're starting to get sick and tired of the old school mentality um there was an article I read by no relation uh Lance Green um for Nitty Gritty and he was talking about the Flyers um are, are a nepotistic organization and the definition of nepotism isn't just family it's bringing in friends and that's yep. all they do it's the good old boy network and we're we're kind of sick of the rotation of Clark Holmgren, and you know Fletcher is good friends with them through Cliff Fletcher, um, and now Fletcher's bringing in all his old cronies from Minnesota where he wasn't successful. So I, I think we are. I'm I, I know this Flyers fan. I am looking for that Ottawa, that Detroit, God willing, that New York Rangers type of slow but quick ascending rebuild. Um, I, I don't, you remember the year when they were really bad and then they made the trade for Hartnell and teaming in and they got good right away, Yeah, but they had, to, they had a core, it's just something, something just went wrong with, um, that was a one year blip. This is clearly a systemic problem that's happening. Well, with this last team. time we talked, I said that, you know, scorched earth, Yeah, you had to burn it down. Right. I mean. You have to burn it down and regrow the forest, basically. And and I don't know, man. It just for me, for whatever reason, you talk about the, the the old boy club, and it looks like the Edmonton Oilers who kept bringing all the guys in from you know yesteryear to try to run the organization. It's the same thing. Now they just need to clear that out. I think they just need to get a fresh mind and a fresh perspective and get things rolling the right way. And sometimes it's trading the guys that you don't want to trade, like a Claude Giroux. And 
I haven't even got to ask you yet. Do you think they got enough for Claude no, Giroux? And I don't absolutely. think they did. I, well, I believe when you and I talked on on my show, we were not hamstrung and it wasn't public knowledge that the only player in town was Florida. Yeah. We thought we thought Colorado was in play. We thought maybe Tampa was in play. The Rangers even were rumored to be in play. But he had a no trade clause. And it ultimately got out that only Florida was the team he wanted to go for, to go towards. And once once you're in that situation, what's Florida going to do? Give up the farm for for a guy that you know you have to get rid of? And, you know, the – I'm trying to think – I'm trying to think what, what was on the table for – for well, it's not even worth mentioning the rumors. Um, who who was on who was on the table for Colorado because that's all it is is rumors. But yeah, no, I mean you you needed to get. Um, I mean they got some draft draft picks, but you know what draft picks are like in NHL. You needed two good prospects, and yeah, I mean, yep. and and you know and Tippett is is a viable prospect. I mean I like what I see from the kid, and he needed a change of scenery as well. Oh yeah, well he wasn't cracking that Florida lineup, so right. But they need they need they needed one more they needed two Owen Tippett level prospects and uh, because again they only had one team to play ball with we were we were really uh, hamstrung and and that's where I'm not necessarily going to blame the Flyers organization because the only thing I can blame them for is they made a trade on the Saturday and the trade deadline's Monday you could have pulled the the card last second card you know what. We'll just keep him. Forget it. You know, let him. Do let what him. Joe Sackick did with Matthew Shane. Just sit and wait until you get what you want. And if you don't get what you want, then you just keep on going. Yeah. So Cla- Claude's, Claude's unhappy because, you know, there's all this innuendo that, that he was so devastated that he even had an emotional breakdown while on the Florida um, Panthers after a week or so. He missed Philly so much, all that nonsense. I, I don't buy it for a lick. The guy's at the end of his career. He wants the ring. He's chasing the ring. So I would have I would have waited till deadline Monday to maybe get that extra player or extra prospect thrown into the um into the deal. Other, why why did you have to make the trade on a Saturday? It wasn't necessary. The only card you had was to pull a bluff. You know what? We're just not getting enough. We're not going to trade him. We're just going to have him end his career with the Flyers or end the season with the Flyers. And we'll see if we can sign him in the offseason, work out a deal. And then Claude gets all jumpy. Uh, you know, maybe I will go to Colorado after all. And then Florida gets wind of this. And maybe they they up the ante a little bit. You didn't have to make the trade on a Saturday. That was the only thing that really, really bothered me. If they were indeed stuck with one club, what are you going to do? The, what you could have done is waited for the last second. That's just it. That's trade 101, though, right? That's trading somebody... I, I don't know. I didn't understand it either. I really think the Flyers could have pushed for more. Um, it just seemed like they just wanted to get it over with. Oh, Chuck right. Fletcher is public enemy number one in this town. So, <laughs> no, he really is. I can't I mean, imagine why. I, and obviously, Danny Briere is the uh, GM in waiting, and it goes back to the good old boy network. Now, Danny Briere obviously had multiple tenures with multiple teams, so it wasn't like he's a li- he wasn't like a Holmgren or Clark that played ninety. 90- Clark was 100% a flyer. Holmgren ended his career a couple years in Minnesota. But I think nine of his 11 years, he was a flyer. Breer bounced around. Well, here's a good thing, too, about Danny Breer. He went through a few interview processes with different teams, 
and went pretty far up the ranks, especially in the Montreal hunt. So there are teams that think very highly of Danny Briere. No, I, so, I I do like I do like it. I, my my ultimate point is I don't quite yeah. consider him a good old boy. And just like if, if it were me, and of course no one's asking me, um, my future coach would also be a former flyer. And I say this in jest because he just happened to play, I think sixty five games for them in a in a cup of coffee stop. I would love for them to hire Rob Zettler. Ooh, okay, okay, okay. the right hand man on uh, Tampa Bay staff. So. You know, get a get a sidekick from a great organization and a new culture. That's what I'm looking for. And you know what? For Tampa, this may be the year where guys actually do move on from the coaching staff. Um, I really think they're – we're going to talk about this with the Leafs in a moment, but I think they're running out of gas myself. Um, you know, that's just my opinion. But, no, for the Flyers, I really think they need to make the uh, the proper adjustments, but I think they need to take the time to do it. You know, don't try to expedite it. Don't try to rush it. They did that in this offseason. It didn't work. So this well, time, I think you need to take it. Take a minute. Well, you know what? You know what? You know what rumor I heard, and I I pray to God. Like I don't know if you, you remember. You've been on our show with um, Nick Discout. Yeah. He was like, no, Nick Discout, and and another player that we love for the future is Elliot Denoyer. Yep. And there's a rumor that the Flyers have like a handshake agreement with Montreal to get Jeff Petrie for, for um, JVR and, and they would throw in Elliot Desnoyers. And I'm like, why do you need Jeff Petrie? Why? He's 34 years old. You've got Ronnie Adderd. You've got Zamula. You've got Emil Andre in the system. Stop with, stop. It's kind of like what you're saying. Stop throwing at these guys that you think can um, fix things. Petrie's not a fixer. You know, he's, he's, he's another Ryan Ellis in the making. So he's the guy that you add if you're a team that's close to over the top. Correct. That's what you do. Not a team. And I, li- and I like the guy. I mean, he, he was brilliant last year. Oh, for sure. And he needs a change of scenery, but I don't think Philly's the right one. I don't no. think going to a team that's trying to figure it out is the right place for him. If he's frustrated in Montreal, he's going to be frustrated in Philly because they're trying to figure it out. And that's my other concern. Um, we used to be a market that, that players wanted to come to. We had an owner in Ed Snyder who sold to Comcast, but was still president of the flyers. But once he passed away, it, it's been Comcast has ruined the flyers. They're just not the same organization um, that they used to be. And I think players around the league know that. So now you don't have that same um, Ed Snyder type feel to the organization and you're a crappy club. It goes hand in hand. Money being being equal, you coming here as a free agent? Not right now. Right. The heyday of the Flyers, of course. Oh my God, yes. But right now, no. I mean, yeah. There's a story that just dropped today about the lawsuit that's going on against Comcast for two of the. uh, the Yeah, that 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 was an absolute sin. I I read that today. If 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 your guests aren't familiar, um, two of their their head trainer and assistant trainer ultimately have a very rare type of blood cancer that it's almost identical and the zamboni um facility where they store the zamboni is butts up against the medical training area and they i guess are claiming that it's the chemicals and the um, omissions from the zamboni and whatnot that have caused this and uh yeah it's 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 bad 
It's it, I feel horrible because one of the guys, Jim McCrossin, has been around forever, and it's I, it was stunning I, when I read it today. Yeah, it was it was mind blowing just to even see that type of headline, right? Because you figured they would want to take care of them in any way possible, out the shoot, not have to have to go that far. So I don't know, man. It just I always like it when it's more of a a family kind of feel. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I always say when big businesses get involved, even for the Maple Leafs for the longest while, it really did not feel, you know, like a team, like someone you were, I don't know, like a family. That's what we'll say. And then when Shanahan and all those guys came in, that changed, right? It became something different. They were tired the numbers. They respected the past. They did all those little things that were, you know, needed to be done. And I think the Flyers are going to be in that same position because I, I do believe they missed Ed Schneider's birthday. Was it this year? Yeah, they, they, they didn't. Exactly. They didn't really acknowledge it on the big screen. It's just it's stuff like that that makes the uh, fan base irate. And and I've gotten Twitter friendly and he was on my show, Chris Terry and a former flyer. He's very outspoken about how yep. the team is run. Um, I'm very friendly with Zach Kinderchuk, the son of flyer great Oris Kinderchuk, who's a guest on my show and has a wonderful podcast called my dad used to play hockey. If um, great podcast. Yep. Um, and he has a lot of insight and he's been disgusted with how the flyers have been run. Even he, he, he couldn't stand Ron Hextall. Ron Hextall would like kick off like his father, get, get out of the locker room, get out of the locker room. Like just stuff like that. It's just not the way it used to be. Now you could say, well, maybe they're trying to transition from the good old boy ways. But that's not how you do it. Could be, could be, could be. I don't know. I don't know, man. It just it sucks because I, I like when I like when teams that I kind of like are good, and I do have a kind of a soft spot for the Philly Flyers. I told you that before. I love watching the Big E's and, of course, Rick Tockett and mm. John LeClaire, who didn't like. That's what I grew up on, right? You played NHL '99, and those are the biggest little blobs on the screen, right? And everybody wanted those players on their team, so. Yeah, no, I, I saw a spot for the Flyers. I do hate the fact that Roenick uh, ruined my high school uh, dance that night and decided to put the Leafs out. So that'll always be a memory of mine. But no, I do have a soft spot for the Flyers. and like to see them do well. No, and I, I'm the same with your club. I always wanted Darcy Tucker in my lineup. Um, You know, I grew up, you know, this the, the Flyers dominated Toronto during my youth, but I still loved Ian Turnbull, Boris Salming. I love Dave Tiger Williams. I love Daryl Sittler. I love Lionel McDonald. I loved that. I loved Rick Vive. I yep. mean, I loved. I love. I love the Toronto Maple Leafs. I want. I want them to have the same prominence that the Canadians have had. They deserve that. And and I'm 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 hoping I'm hoping this year and future years they finally um, get to that point. It's almost the hockey equivalent of the Red Sox finally taking over the Yankees. And I'm really hoping that happens. Well, I got to ask the question there. Well, we'll switch gears to the Toronto Maple Leafs. And I want to get your 30,000 foot view. Um, the Maple Leafs obviously are rolling right now. They just overtook third in the NHL. Um, obviously, they got to eliminate Lou Lamorello and the New York Islanders, which is a nice feather in their cap. Um, Austin Matthews lost in the process, though, this week. Same with Jake Muzzin. Um, doesn't seem to be too much information. On Austin Matthews, some seem to think they have the inside track on that. Um, want to see your opinion. What do you think of the Maple Leafs? What do you think of Jack Campbell? What do you think of their chances against what is probably going to be the matchup, the Tampa Bay Lightning? 
Well, that that's the the no matter what I say, that is almost the most unfair first matchup that anyone should have to deal with. I mean, my God. I mean, the same as Florida last year. Yep. You know, boom. Look, here's your reward, Tampa Bay. And honestly, yeah. I, I I wouldn't want to be playing Tampa Bay. I, I they were my they were my preseason three peat pick. Um, I got them at plus seven hundred on DraftKings. There you go. So, but my point is, I, you know, I don't think Tampa Bay is revving it up because I think they know how to gauge themselves and for the playoffs. And 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 um, I heard you mention they might be worn out. That could be. They've had uh, two years of of long ass hockey. Yeah, well, kooky do hockey, really. I mean, you got the the two COVID cups, basically. Yeah, yeah. But if they're healthy, um, they're a scary team. Now that that that'll be probably the most exciting first round playoff series. Um, but. Obviously, let's assume and pray that Matthews is fine. Um, and Jack Campbell seems to have righted the ship. There yep. was there was the concern there for a while. I was trying to pull my um, used car salesman GM suit and try to get Martin Jones to your squad for something. But, you know, you weren't interested, so I, I, I'll, I'll get over it. But, yeah, Jack, Jack Campbell's a very solid goaltender. There's no doubt about it. But... You know, would you rather play Vasilevsky or would you rather play Bobrovsky in the first round? You know, a, a proven goaltender versus a guy that's not quite the same in the playoffs as the regular season. Yeah, I, I know. I know what you're saying. I mean, I would love to play Bobrovsky only because when he's cold, he's ice cold, and the Leafs have been able to chase him from the net before. Um, but you know what? Spencer I Knight's the last... pretty, pretty great. <laughs> <laughs> I watched the last uh, Leafs-Tampa game. And they went at each other. They went at each other. That was a game that Tampa was revved up for. As you say, they may know how to gear it down. And Toronto was able to bring it to them. And they weren't getting pushed around like they usually do by the, um, you know, the Pat Maroons or the, you know, the Victor Hedmans or any of those type of players that are able to, you know, edge out guys. Um, Even Hagel and them weren't really that effective against the Leafs. And, for once, the Leafs finally, doesn't matter who it is, whether it's Mitch Marner, Austin Matthews, they have a little pushback, yeah. which is nice to see. And Matthews is playing what I think is pissed off. <clears throat> now, I I would not be surprised that, that the Leafs win that series. But, I mean, again, both teams don't deserve that to be a first-round series. It, no, wasn't it I, once I, easier? Wasn't it once easier than this? Listen, the way that it should be, and it should, and, and Brad Marchand, for all the crappy takes and how much we all don't pretty much like them, <laughs> you know, a couple of years ago when they played Toronto in the first round, he got asked in the conference final, what's the hardest matchup you've had so far? And they said when they, when they won the conference final, Toronto was the hardest matchup. That was the hardest team they had to play. And that is round one. He said it should go back to the way it was, one to eight, two to seven, all the way down, that's the way it should shake out. Your reward for finishing in high in the standings should be playing a lesser opponent. Not that I, anybody I, winning in the playoffs is lesser, but at the same time, should be a lower seated opponent. No, I absolutely. I it, it's it's insane. I mean, but then again, you got so many great teams in this in this grouping. 
I mean, yep. uh, the Bruins are hovering around 100 points. The Rangers are as hot as anyone uh, at 104 points now. Um, obviously, we know what Tampa Bay, Florida, Carolina bring to the table. You're leading. Carolina, in- though, Freddie Anderson going down. Yeah, that is uh, that is not a good time, and it did not look good. He need to be helped off the ice. That is a little nerve wracking going into the playoffs with Anti Ranta as your goaltender. Let's just hope they're a system team. I hope so. I hope so. But at the same time, every Leaf fan was like, "That classic Freddie." Something goes wrong at the worst possible time. Yeah. Yeah. That's being said, there's still going to be a tough team to play. And it's just, there's just, there's just, there's just no, there's, there's, this is an unbelievable conference. I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be insane playoff hockey. And that's why NHL playoffs are the best there is. It's just, it's going to be insane. Well, look at the, uh, for the Eastern conference. If you go look at the top 10 teams in the league, seven of them are from the Eastern conference. Only three from the West. So, I mean, that shows you right there the the dominance right now of the East. I believe it's Calgary, Colorado, and I don't remember the third team that is uh, in the top 10 in points. Probably Edmonton, I guess. Uh, You know what? I may actually have it up right here. I do. No, it's St. Louis. It's St. Louis. St. Louis, yep. No, right, because you've got – Minnesota's in there too. Yeah, you got Florida 114. Toronto 106, Tampa yeah. Bay 100, Carolina 104, the Rangers 104, Pittsburgh and the Bruins hovering at 97. The Capitals, you can't sleep on them either. 94. Oh. There's it's there's just uh, you know what? Uh, there's nobody squeaking in like Nashville. Put it that way. <laughs> Not in the East, man. When you look at the discrepancy before and the last place team getting in the playoffs in the East and then how far down it is from the teams that separate from them. Yeah, it was decided a long time ago who was going to make it in, just where the seating was. I want to float this one to you. This was floated this year by Elliot Friedman as something that was talked about. The NHL is looking at having a play-in round. So they're looking something. You know what it is? You know what it is for everyone? It's all about the do-re-mi. Yeah. And that would be big do-re-mi. Imagine having a Montreal-Toronto play-in round or a Philadelphia-Pittsburgh play-in round. How much that would... You know, best of three, you get in. So, yeah, but so right now, right now you're looking at though a Vegas Vancouver playing round or an Islanders Columbus playing round. Does that excite you the same way? You know, there's there's no guarantees that the teams that are lined up are 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 going to be the rivals or the big market teams. Um, I don't know. My name is my nickname is old school for a reason. <laughs> um, I, 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 some, I tend to, I still, I still want the, um, Campbell conference and oh, that's the Wales conference. I want that brought back. I want the Patrick division brought back. You know, I want, I want all that, all, all that stuff brought back. Give me the you know what, division. Hey, no, there's, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with old school. That's why we love you because you can bring out all the old school references. And that's why younger guys like me reach out to fans like you and, Hosts like you because you run a good show and I'm able to learn off of you. And here's the thing. And I'm going to put this out here right now. This man right here is teaching me how to use StreamYard. So let's put it that way. This guy right here <laughs> is the coup de gras. He will take over everything one day. You watch. We watch. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I really appreciate you jumping on. I got to ask the question, though. Going into the playoffs, are you still going 
with the three-time Stanley Cup champion banner for the Tampa Bay Lightning? Or is somebody else caught your eye and you say, hey, you know what? That's a team right now. That's a team of destiny. Well, I, 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 I'm not going to be one of those guys that say I picked them at the beginning, so I'm sticking with them because otherwise I have to go with Winnipeg facing them in the finals. And we know, and we know that's not happening. Not a chance. I, I messed up on that one, ladies and gentlemen. But I got all my postseason trophy guys correct, I think. So Ooh. I was spot on, I believe. Um, listen, I, I, I do think I, I'm going to lean a Florida-Colorado. I hope I hope I hope I hope I'm wrong. I, I, I truly would love Toronto to take take the whole thing. But I, I want to put my homer cap on only because of all the the heat and hate that the NHLPA and the NHL has taken and Gary Bettman. I want to see just for the ratings solely this side of the border. I want to see a Canada Cup against Calgary and Toronto. All Canadian matchup. Wait, wait, you, you, you'd rather it. see you'd rather see Calgary versus Edmonton, M- McDavid versus Matthews. No, no, hey, that can be the that could be the the Western Conference Final. Calgary versus Edmonton. Oh, you don't want you in? don't want Cal- you'd rather see Calgary versus Toronto in a cup. I, I definitely would. Okay. You know why? Because McDavid and Drysaddle scare the ever living hell out of me. Right, and the I'm fact talking, okay, that Zach okay. Hyman's on their team and Zach Hyman could possibly hoist a cup over the Leafs. No, thank you. Yeah, I've seen plenty of ex-flyers hoist the cup. No, that would be that'd be wonderful. Listen, again, I go back to the uh Hawk and Lube <laughs> days, the Lanny McDonald captaincy days, the yep. the uh Joe Newendike days. It was the, the the Calgary Flames used to be a very proud organization, and they're headed back. Oh, so, they're 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 more than on their way, and yeah, they, it looks good. And without Sean Monahan, who would have called that? Sean no, Monahan on the third line for most of the season, and then now out with surgery. Who would have called that? Well, that guy so, was supposed to be a key piece. Yeah, that's true. Well, it, it, you know, it's sports is next man up. Um, and, and, and some, and listen, I mean, again, let's go back to Tampa Bay. Yeah. They didn't have Kucherov and Braden point for most of the season at one point. They were still riding high in the standings. Look what they did last year. They didn't have Stamkos for two years, essentially. I'm not, I'm, he got, he, you know, he, he was, he has two rings, but he played one period <laughs> or one shift in two years. He so, scored I mean, a goal though. Yeah, no, no. It was, that was fantastic. <laughs> but this year, boom. He, he hasn't missed a step, but my point is when key players get hurt, it's next man up. And this that's, that's what depth is all about. And that's how teams accrue a hundred points. You know, if Matthews, God forbid is out for a short period of time, hopefully that's all it is. But if he's out for a, a little bit of a stretch next man up, you know, Tavares, let's yeah, go. prove you're not a, a one trick pony, you know? Yeah. And I, no. th- I think they will. I think the least for once for this season, anyways, have shown the depth. The and the McCann's are scoring. The Invals are scoring. David Camp looks good. Doesn't matter who you drop in the lineup. It seems like they're being effective somewhere. Colin Blackwell coming over in the trade. Nobody knew who he was. Now he's a fan favorite. So yeah, everybody jumping in the lineup is doing a little something. So maybe the Leafs have captured a little. Let's uh, tag it lightning in a bottle, and maybe able to uh, dispatch of that lightning in the first round. But hey. Dan, it has been great to have you on. I really appreciate you jumping in. 
These are the shirts, by the way, that are on their way to your doorstep. I was going to say, what am I getting for Grand Out Loud? This, this here, they're here. The box has arrived. Everything is good now. So they're here. The first edition's on the sleeve. So those will be in the mail this week and coming to you, hopefully ready for the playoffs. All right, my man. Listen, thank you for having me, and uh, we'll do it again. And uh, just shoot me a, a time you want to get tutored on StreamYard. <laughs> I will definitely shoot you a thing. It'll be no longer Dan Old School Green. It'll be Dan the Teacher Green. Oh, I am a teacher, actually, so that works out well. <laughs> there we go. Well, my <laughs> friend, thank you for jumping on. Hey, guys, this right here is the Leafs Weekender. It's an offside show. We are usually on on the weekends, but it was Easter this week. Proudly brought to you by our friends over at Boxing Rock Brewing Co. It's there and in the corner. Thank you guys for tuning in. We'll see you next week. Cheers.